0: Hi, I'm Jill, and this is the Skein Enable Podcast, enabling your crafting addictions one episode at a time. This is episode 109, and it's December 20th, 2020, and... Hey guys, it has been a long time, like five five months, <laughs> I don't know, I guess I know when, three months, four months. So I've been meaning to pop back in and talk to you guys all, but I just, it's kind of gotten away from me. Um, I had my daughter, Starling, we named her Starling, January 1st, and I don't know where that came from, September 1st, and it's been kind of a whirlwind ever since. I definitely am going to talk to you guys more about baby stuff, but maybe I'll put that more at the end just so that um, if you're really mostly here for crafts, you don't have to sit through it. And my crafting time has been very limited, as you might guess. I think um, Krista, knit one pug two, said like once you get in a rhythm with a baby, there's a lot of downtime, which is maybe true, but I've never quite gotten into a rhythm, so I haven't really found that downtime that I've thought. Or when you finally have some time, then you're like, oh, I should do the dishes or um, tidy up everything that's all over the house. So um, it's been a little bit hard to get all my crafting in, but I've been doing some. And so I'll talk about my knitting and I guess it's mostly knitting at this point. But yeah, so it's been since, I guess, August since I talked to you guys. So I had the baby We had the election. It's still in the, we're still deep in the pandemic. And actually, um, I feel like what I'm reading now is like Los Angeles is like the new epicenter for the coronavirus, which is awful and crazy. Um, And it's weird because it almost feels like our lot, we're in shutdown right now, but um, basically everything's the same. I mean, except for like restaurants and, you know, salons are closed, but you know, all retail stores are open and so people are just out and um, and I have to admit that I've been going out probably more than I should. I mean, you're like, why not? I can just take the stroller down to that store. Um, it's open. I'll just go in fast with no, you know, with my mask on and only like three people in there. But really got to clamp it down because things are getting crazy, um, especially after Thanksgiving. So um, let me just get into knitting and then we'll talk about you know, baby life stuff at the end. Okay, so I finished some things. I ho- Hopefully finished some things because it's four months later. So I made um, the Genevieve's Tube Socks by um, Jasmine Canty, who's the Jasmine of the Knitmore go- knit Girls. So I made these out of some scrap um, leftovers from um, Madeline Tosh Sock in the Holy Festival. Um, I use the 48-stitch sock. It's ribbing. Um, it's Again, it's just a tube sock. And then at the very end, you have like kind of an actual little toe, a stockinette toe, which means that they look ridiculous when they're not on a foot, like um, little condoms or little snakes or something. And they're tube socks, which is great because um, as the baby grows, they just become shorter in the leg. They don't become, you know, you don't have to worry about the heel fitting anymore. But I did notice just the way that little babies squirm, those socks just like popped off. Like they just slowly wriggled their, no, they quickly wriggled their way off of her foot and in about like three minutes would be off. (laughs) So they weren't that effective in terms of staying on, but maybe when she's a little bit older, because they stretch out a lot. I mean, 48 stitches in ribbing, um, it's a stretchy sock. Um, And I made them not as long as it called for, but you know, they're still like six inches long or something. So when I first put them on, they were like basically thigh highs on the baby. And now, you know, three and a half months later, we'll see, maybe they work a little better, but they definitely don't stay on very well. So that's probably the only one of those tube socks that I'm going to make, unless I end up making the larger size when she's like a toddler. So, And I do find having a heel in a sock does kind of help it stay on because it's got to work its way around the corner a bit instead of just being a straight shot right off their foot. And also, Starling has really chubby legs. um, So regular socks, though, are really cutting in, like um, store-bought socks. They're the only ones that stay on, but they're, like, cutting into her little calves. Or her big calves. (laughs) So those are the Genevieve's tube socks. I finished the baby mobile with the birds that I was working on, and I finished it right before she was born. Um, That's for the Arne and Carlos Embroidered Birds pattern, which is in the Field Guide to Knitted Birds book. It has a different name. The original book has a different name, but that's the English version, the er, field guide of knitted birds. So I used different colors of nitpick palettes, Knit knit, Picks Palette Yarn I made um, I ended up making eight little birds but I used seven on the mobile so it's kind of a kind of a rainbow but I think I used like a pink instead of a red so it's pink, orange, yellow green blue light blue and then like a navy blue and then a violet purple. Um, and then they have different little, um, duplicate stitch embroidery on the back on their backs and some on their chest as well. Well, I made a different one, like a different green, but I really didn't like it. So I redid did it again in a different green, which is why I had made eight. <laughs> and I kind of tried to stick to their, um, color scheme a little bit, but eventually I had to just kind of make it up. But I used, um, Actually, Knit Picks palette for all of them, except one, the navy blue. I didn't have the right color in the palette, so I used um, some Coast yarn. Holst, Holst Garn, actually it wasn't even the Coast. So Holst Garn is the brand, and then it was the Super Soft, I think, which is basically kind of a scratchy wool. But I think it's supposed to soften up as you block it or you wash it, but I didn't block it because it's a knitted bird. So I did that. Um, and then I also made little tiny pom poms in each of the colors of the birds, which I just made like using the tines of a fork, wrapping the yarn around, tying it off. And then we attached that to just an embroidery hoop. So they're all dangling kind of different lengths. I keep meaning to post a picture. So there's seven of them, seven of them all dangling around this embroidery hoop. Um, we don't have a regular crib, like a place for a starling necessarily. I mean, we have like a little like co-sleeper thing off of the side of our bassinet, a bassinet off of the side of our bed. Um, so we don't have like the mobile over the, over her bed. It's just like in the middle of the nursery. So we look at it a little bit, but um, it hasn't found like a real home necessarily. So I, I was working on that like right up until the last minute um, when she was born and I almost felt like you know, like the Stephanie Pearl McPhee thing where it's like almost like she wouldn't be born until I had finished (laughs) that mobile. So that was using the Arne and Carlos embroidered birds pattern. And then after she was born, I did get some knitting in and I made her a Ruth Baby Ginsburg sweater by Park and Knit. And I used, um, so she has a adult size sweater, which is the Ruth Ruth Bader Ginsburg sweater, RBG sweater, I think maybe it's called. And then this is the baby size one. So it's, I mean, you could do it in whatever color, but I made it in black with the white um, color work at the top to look like her lacy collar that she uses, her descent collar um, or whatever collar. And then the baby sweater is also a little like puffy. It's got like a lot of um, volume in the top. So it kind of has the look like a little bubble sweater. Um, And it nips in at the at the waist and cuffs. I used um, Karen Simply Soft because I wanted it washable. It calls for a worsted weight yarn, so actually the Karen Simply Soft was a little bit too thick. I mean, quite a bit too thick. So I ended up using the three-month-old Numbers, but I got the, a bigger gauge, so I have no idea what size this baby sweater is. But it's pretty huge on her, um, so she's got room to grow in it. And she's definitely a pretty little hot baby, so she, with the couple times that she's worn it, or the one time she's worn it, she got so sweaty that I was a little bit concerned. And I had been wanting to make this pattern for a long time, and then um, Ruth Bader Ginsburg just passed away um, when Starling was just a couple weeks old, a few weeks old. So that was kind of my incentive to, like, finally make that baby sweater. Um, I think the Arniacs were kind of doing a knit along, but I never posted again in that thread or anything. But sweater done. Um, we put it on her when we kind of went out out on the streets after the Biden Harris campaign was finally announced, projected as the winner. Like, which was the the week after the election, right? So we went out and her stroller, put her in the Ruth Baby Ginsburg sweater, and Lucas made a Biden big poster board and we went walking down the streets i mean everybody from the picture it looks like we went to like a street festival but we just basically walked down um, main street santa monica but people were like honking and cheering and just everybody was in such a good mood that it was kind of fun to just get out there um, out into the world so that was the ruth baby Ginsburg sweater by park and knit i put it made these show notes actually a week ergo or more when I thought I was going to record back then. And so I'm having to rearrange this in my mind. Some things were my current fix, but now they've been finished. Um, I also made the Pearl Soho Garter Stitch Ear Flap Hat, which is one um, I've talked about a bunch of times. I've made it. This is my fifth one, but this one was for me so that we could have matching hats. Starling has the baby size one, which she's actually maybe already grown out of. And Lucas has the adult small, and theirs are both in a blue color, like a very uh, tonal blue. And so I didn't have any more of the blue, so I made mine out of pink. I used the DK DK weight gnarled paw yarn, which is the same I used for the blue. Um, I thought I had enough, but I ran out um, like with the last like inch of the hat, so I ended up um, ripped out part of a cowl I had previously made, and I'm blanking on the name of it, but it was colorwork hat with all these birds on it, so the name is like, uh, oh, like the Caradreform hat. It's like by Sarah Huntington Birch. I might have just gotten that, right? So that was a colorwork cowl, but I kind of never liked look of it that much like the colors just didn't really vibe as much as I thought and I never wore it I made it for an indie designer gift along um, a couple years ago so I unpicked where I had grafted it because it's knit like in a tube um, and then grafted so I unpicked the graft and then I ripped it out a bit just to get enough for that hat and then I haven't figured out what to do with a cow if I should just keep ripping it out or if I should just graphed it back together where it is now. I'm not sure why. I don't, since I don't like it that much, I may just just rip the whole thing out. So in any case, I finished my hat and we ended up taking pictures wearing our hats for our Christmas card, um, which we didn't really make enough of. So I wasn't able to send them out as widely as I meant to. Um, So their hats are blue and mine is pink, but Lucas like photoshopped them red and green for our Christmas photo. Yeah, so that's a great pattern. I really love it. I made the adult, regular adult, or adult large, I think. It's super simple, garter stitch with these little, like, rounded ear flaps, and I put little pom-poms on the top of ours, because that's how Lucas requested it the first time, and so I stuck with it. I'm a little bit sad that Starlings is starting to grow out, though. Maybe I can make the larger one for her in the pink, but I don't know. So that's the the hat. Um, and the last thing I finished, which was just finished yesterday, was a stocking, a Christmas stocking for Starling. Uh, I kind of was, like, really, like, poring over different Ravelry pages, like, trying to find the perfect stocking, like, either to knit or to sew. Because I had these dreams of this, like, heirloom stocking that will be her stocking for the rest of her life. And then I finally just had to realize, like, I need to be less... Precious about this, or like nothing's gonna happen. So I ended up just finding a knit stocking that I liked, and I knit it. And maybe she'll get an heirloom one in the future, or maybe this will be it. Who knows? So this one is the Saint Peter Port stocking by Anne Hansen. It's um, knit out of one skein of worsted weight yarn. I used Cascade 220 that was in my stash, and surprisingly, I had like a huge amount of this yarn. Like I think. It was on set, like a yarn store, had some big sale, and I bought like 12 skeins of it because it was like a hooded sweater in a, in a magazine that I wanted to make at some point. Of course, I don't know that I really want a huge hooded sweater in that this red. And it's, as I actually looked it up on the tag, it is Christmas red is the colorway. And boy, is it. <laughs> so it's amazing. It used less than one skein of yarn to make the stocking. Um, It's not a huge stocking, but, you know, it'll do. She's a baby. Plus, actually, I haven't gotten her any Christmas presents because she's a baby. She's not going to know that she doesn't have any presents. Some relatives got her presents, though. So, yeah, it's kind of like a Gansey style um, pattern. So, knits and pearls, there's a tree, knits and pearl tree, and then there's also kind of just lattice type design. And then along the side are XO cables, um, like down the side of the leg. And then it's just basically textured for the foot um, with some little bits of cables. And I don't know about a knit stocking because, you know, if you want to have actual fill it with stuff, it's going to be kind of saggy, but it'll just look cute on the mantle. I have a old fashioned like a felt stocking where like my mom, I'm assuming my mom like embroidered, Um, It was like from a kit, and so there's like different little felts, like 3D elements on it. Um, I've had that one since I was a little kid, and my parents sent it down for me to have this Christmas. And my mom also made one for Lucas, which she started years ago, but this was like the incentive to finish it, was having the baby. So um, we have our felt stockings, and so maybe I'll make or also her a felt one for next year, but I don't know. So I'm very happy with how it turned out. Um, I only made one change, which is just to kind of change how the hanger of the stocking is. It calls for kind of a small I-cord loop on the side of the stocking, but I made kind of a larger tab on the back of the stocking. Um, I'm pretty sure it's like a $7 Ravelry download, but I'd have to check. Um, So that's the St. Peter Port Stocking by Anne Hansen. It came out maybe a year ago, maybe two years ago. Everything's a bit of a blur. <laughs> so that's what I finished over the last uh, four months. Not a ton, but I've been sometimes impressed that I had time to knit it all. Um, in the beginning, I was having trouble with breastfeeding. So I was like, we were doing nursing and pumping and the bottle and formula. So there'd be time in the middle of the night after I fed her that I'd be pumping. And that was kind of like my me time <laughs> where I'd like you know, for 15 minutes, just put on, um, some TV, put on a video or whatever and do some knitting finally. So, okay. So that's what I've finished. And my current fix, what I'm working on right now, I mean, I just finished that stocking, but I did start some it socks just to have something, um, easy. So I started it in, um, opal sock and it's the colorway is cake pops. It's a yarn that I bought when I was in Japan. And even though I guess it's available somewhere around here too, um, it has different stripes of mint and pink, and then also some blue and white, you know, the fake fair isle, um, sections. And I was knitting on this last night on a zoom call with some friends. And I realized that it's, I tried, tried it on. <laughs> I actually used 60 stitches. I think I usually use more like 64, or 68, but then I was like, I don't need that. I don't need that many stitches and i can't get it over my heel you know so um i don't know i guess i'll have to probably rip back to the ribbing and make it looser add some stitches this i did um you know an inch or so of twisted ribbing twisted one by one ribbing and then i just switched into stockinette so i guess i'll probably have to rip back to the ribbing and then yeah add four or more stitches to the foot um, kind of a bummer, but oh well. I'm not in a rush to get these socks, and I also started a sweater before um, Starling was born, um, and now it's called Posy by Marz Marzena Kolat Kolacek. It's one that I talked about um, when I Jones was Jonesing for a while ago. Um, it's a cropped, loose loose fitting like cropped cardigan, and it has the frost flowers motif at the top and bottom, like of the back and shoulders. I'm using Invictus Yarns in the Conquerable Soul, um, which is the BFL. So it's 80% superwash BFL, 20% nylon, and I'm doing it out of the um, Knockers 2020 colorway. So Sue of Invictus Yarns had made this colorway as the official colorway for the knockers retreat for 2020 which I was planning on going to but then got canceled of course because that's it was in April. I got two skeins because I didn't really just want to make socks and um, I'm hoping that that should be enough for this cropped cardigan. Um, It's got an unusual construction so I've like knit like the back like in a ribbing pattern the back collar and then you pick up to do um or cast on stitches to do like the lace insets on the top. For a while, I really wasn't able to work on this just because I couldn't figure out where I was in the chart and everything. And just, it was just too much to think about. Um, but hopefully I'll have some, a little bit more time to get to it now. Um, I'm finally starting to get a little bit of a schedule after three and a half months. (laughs) So I'm getting a little bit more sleep and having a little bit more free time. So that's Posey by, let's say, Marzana Kolacek. And I think that's all... I guess that's all I'm working on. Oh, I am working on just putting together a quick um, holiday decoration. Um, but it's... There is actually a Ravelry pattern for it, even though it's basically something that's more more like a YouTube t- tutorial type thing. So I have an old wreath frame and actually I took it I recycled it from a actual like pine wreath that we had last year from Trader Joe's and so I am I took that wreath form and then I took um, superwash plain cream roving and I basically did a crochet single crochet all the way around all right so in Ravelry I'll have to write this. I'll put this down in the show notes. It's called um Super Size Wreath by Anna Boo's House. It's just yeah, online tutorial. So basically you can have a super giant hook or you can just use your hand and do um a US um single crochet all the way around. I believe that's a double crochet in um English, British terms. Um and then I'm haven't quite figured out how you join it at the bottom to make it look not like a mess. Um, And then hers has, like, a bunch of pom-poms at the bottom, like five pom-poms, just, and it looks really cute. So I'm going to, I did the crochet chain the other day, but now I need to figure out what pom-poms to put on it. I was actually going to try to put those um, cat pom-poms that I made. So there's the one of um, Paquito and Olivia, and I was going to have those down at the bottom of the wreath along with some other big pom-poms, have not. This should be, like, a 10-minute project, and it's really causing me a lot of grief to think about it. And actually, I couldn't find one of those pom-poms, so I was tearing the house apart for, like, an hour yesterday. Like, my hour of free time I spent looking for this pom-pom, which is a bummer. In any case, so that's a cute little wreath. So that's the super size wreath. Um, there's some other, like, YouTube tour t- tutorials. I also tried to make an ornament out of, um you take, like, a toilet paper ring. toilet paper, you know, the cardboard roll or paper towel roll, and you cut off like three quarters of an inch of a a ring, and then you do um, different strands of yarn, and you do like a, I don't know what kind of knot that is, like a harness, you know, like you're putting fringe on, um, and then you just kind of, or should be able to like push the yarn through and make a little cute little hat out of just these strings of yarn. It should be super simple, but for whatever reason, mine looks terrible that I did it in the middle, in the car yesterday. So I think I did my knots going the opposite direction. So now the question is, do I want to redo it, undo and redo 40 little knots or just call it good and say, I'm not going to do it. It's just with the holidays, I've gotten so, I had such like a big plans of like making, like embroidering ornaments for people and making these special projects and just realizing, like, I don't have time for this. I really don't. So um, and because I'm not going to be with my family, um, which, you know, is mostly due to COVID, but at the same time, having the baby now, this probably was going to be the first year we weren't going to spend with them anyway. But it's kind of sad. So I've been feeling kind of the inspired to have like so much stuff ready, like have cookies to send to them and presents ready and then even stocking stuffers ready and it was kind of overwhelming to me. So I kind of did that and I kind of just stopped doing it at some point, too. And I got to just be a little easier to, on myself because nobody expects it of me. Um, and if I ever there was a year to just take a break, this is it. Which reminds me, the Indie Designer Gift Along is still going on through the end of the year for like 10 more days for me. But I'm not doing it. I'm not participating at all in the Indie Designer Gift Along. And that felt great. Like, you know, usually I'm so tempted to do the opadoo and to, you know, run myself ragged trying to finish those eight projects, but I'm not, I'm not this time. I'm not making anything. (laughs) I thought maybe I'd happen to make a project from them from there, but I haven't. Um, I did buy a couple patterns, of course, but, um, yeah, it's nice to not worry about it. (laughs) Anyway, so that is my current fix. And what am I Jonesing for? Speaking of the gift along, um, one item that I ended up buying was one. I was a holiday item that's tempted me in the past. It's the festive hoodie mug cozies. Um, probably I talked about a year ago. Um, they're by Lorraine Burchall. Um They're five pounds or about seven dollars in the U.S. And they're just little mug cozies. I mean, they go around a little mug, um, and they look like a little. Like a little hoodie, but there's like a Santa Claus and a gingerbread and an elf. So like, you know, the Santa one is kind of self-explanatory. It'd be like his little his red and white suit. Um, the elf is probably like green with little stripes, and they all have like so many little things. They have, um, they have little hands, and then they all have like little props, and they also have little hooded hoodies, um, which in It says in the pattern you can put like, uh, can hold your cookies in the back of the mug. I've never put a mug, a cozy on a mug, but they're pretty cute. And I, again, had thought maybe I'd make those for Christmas gifts, but nope. They are worsted weight, which is nice. Um, Oh, I did write it down. There's a Santa, an elf, a snowman, and a gingerbread man. So maybe next year, maybe if I start now, I can make those. Um, That's the Festive Hoodie Mug Cozies by Lorraine Birchall. I also liked the Aberdeen Socks. This is by Knox Mountain Knit Company. Um, it's 6 Canadian dollars or about $4.89 in the U.S. Um, it's their sock pattern going from baby to an adult. Um, and they use this fingering weight yarn, but it's a brioche leg. So um, simple brioche, two colors, um, fingering weight. And then the foot is marled. So you actually hold those two two strands together for the foot and I think it has um like an afterthought heel in the pattern but you could use whatever you want and it has directions for toe up and top down the pattern is so cute the baby one is so cute and they're kind of slouchy I'm not that into slouchy socks but for the baby they're so cute so I did buy those um when there's some sort of Black Friday sale going on um, so that's the Aberdeen socks Another one is a free one. is called Simone by Emily Louise. It's a free pattern. It's a headband. It's a headband, but kind of looks like a turban style. So it has like the cross. And it's got large cables and it's just a fingering weight and a mohair silk lace strand held together like people are doing. Pretty simple looking, but I like the look of it. And it's a free one. Simone by Emily Louise. And... Um, there's a hat, brioche hat. Um, I favorited, I favorite every brioche hat that she does, basically. It's, um, Cabriola by Katrine, or, yeah, Katrine Schubert. It's four euros or about five dollars and seven cents in the U.S. It's a DK hat with two cable motifs and with two color brioche stitches. And, you know, just another great looking brioche hat from, uh, Katrine. And I also bought the making number 10 magazine from my local yarn store, Wild Fiber. And there's two patterns in there. There's a bunch of patterns in there that look really awesome, but two that have really tempted me. Um, one is the love owls pattern by Susan B. Anderson. And so they're owls, owl stuffed animals, but one has like color work motif on it and then there's another one that has this really cool like kind of lazy daisy embroidery on it and they're just so cool and the whole magazine is all in this like yellow like goldenrod color and it's really pretty everything looks great and then the cover is the late bloomer mittens by Kristen Leggett and i think they're you pretty much knit like a plain mitten maybe with a few pearl stitches And then again, you do like an embroidery all over them for texture. embroidery with the same yarn. So that's the making number 10 magazine, which I have, and I would love to start something out of it. I also thought about making a Christmas stocking and then using that same texture of the late bloomer mittens, but didn't do it. It's not knitting, but I was hoping um, to work on this. It's these Christmas ornaments. The designer on Etsy is called M-Crafts, like M-M-M-M-Crafts. I think it's Larissa, Larissa something. Um So she does these really great, like, 12 Days of Christmas felt ornaments, as well as, like, um other Christmas, Night Before Christmas kind of thing. She was having a Black Friday sale, so I bought the patterns to some of the 12 Days of Christmas ones. Um So the first... Like the first pattern is a partridge and a pear tree and then so on and so forth. The ones later on are kind of my favorite looking ones. Like the Lord's Leaping look really amazing and the Milkmaids and stuff. But um, I started with the beginnings. I thought maybe I could make one a year. And so I'll start with year one and make the partridge and the pear tree. I also bought a ton of wool blend felt from... Um, a company online, um, Benzies. It's a little bit more cost effective to do the wool blend because wool felt sheets are expensive. Um, But also these patterns were expensive. I mean, they were like, if you bought them individually, not on sale, they're like $8 each. So to buy like the set is a lot for 12 of them. So I got the first six, it was like 20% off at the time. And then I also got a Santa Claus and Mrs. Claus that look really great but I still need to buy like all these findings like sequins and wooden beads for heads and um so (laughs) the birds I actually don't have to do as much because I bought now all this felt and then I have a lot of embroidery floss from just when I was a kid um over the years so potentially I will make one of those ornaments but um I've got five days till Christmas so I don't think so I did just order um, some sulky stick and stitch. Um, So they're sheets of stabilizer that you can actually um, print out. So that's how she recommends to do her patterns. So you print out the pattern pieces onto the stabilizer. And then you can stick it onto your felt. And then you actually just embroider basically like on the lines. Because these are all like multiple colors of felt sewn together, and then there's embroidery on top of them. I didn't explain what they were. Um, so you, yeah, you stick the stabilizer on and you just sew directly on the lines. And then later you can just get the felt wet and then the stabilizer will dissolve. And then you have perfect looking stitches. So I finally I just broke down and bought the stabilizer because it seemed a lot easier than doing it any other way. So that's, um, she's crafts uh larissa brown maybe really cute patterns and i've been staring at these for years so that now is the time to do it okay so that's what i'm jonesing for i did buy some yarn from wild fiber in terms of re-ups but it's really not that much <laughs> it's like um a couple skeins of long dog long dog yarn um dk and i can't remember what colors are across the room yeah. So let's just move on to Jones in. I have, I was watching a ton of TV in the beginning, and everybody says you watch so much TV when you have a newborn. And so I really was just like going for it, watching TV all the time, watched like three seasons of Gilmore Girls. And then we were eating dinner, and Starling was sitting on Lucas's lap, and I just realized she was just watching the TV, like eyes glazed, staring at the lights. And somehow, I mean, she was like, I don't know, six weeks old or something, but I just hadn't realized that she could watch that TV. Like in my mind, I was like, she can't even see it. So, cause I do, I would like to try to avoid screens with her for kind of as long as I can handle it, but geez, she's just been watching TV with us. So now I'm trying to not watch TV or maybe if I'm nursing and she's like definitely looking away, then I will put something on, um, you know, and we've been like zooming with, um, our parents and stuff. So she's, you know, sees screens like that, but. Oof. So anyway, in case I was watching a lot of TV, but now I'm watching less, but I have done a little bit of reading. I read, um, their eyes were watching God by Zora Neale Hurston, um, which is from like the thirties, um, about like just a black woman and like her relationships. And I really liked it. I mean, I, I don't know. I don't have much to say about it, but I really enjoyed it, and um, yeah, which is kind of a you know wasn't that widely acclaimed at the time, but has become kind of a modern classic, and it was great. I'd really recommend it. I was reading a little bit aloud to Starling, but there's times when it's um, I don't know what you call it, like dialect or like where it's written in like vernacular, and so I felt very uncomfortable reading that aloud um, to her. Um, and then my sister got me a couple books for my birthday. You're an Effing Awesome Mom by Leslie Ann Bruce. And I guess she's kind of an Instagram person, like, or she does the Unpacified blog, which I've never read. But I, uh, my sister got me this book, kind of like, I it was a time where I was really needing some, like, positive messaging, <laughs> mom messaging. Um, so I enjoyed the book. I mean, it's kind of, um, it's very light, and just a, basically about how women need to give themselves a break, and they're doing the best they can about moms, and also some kind of, like... Terrible, not terrible, but stories about her troubles, travails having a baby. Um, I found it interesting, but at the same time, it got a little tiresome. You know, it's like I get it. You know, (laughs) I get it. We all make mistakes, and it's kind of one of those you can't have it all. You shouldn't think you can have it all, which is fine, I guess. So anyway, I enjoyed the book, but um, I I wouldn't necessarily say run out and get it. Um, And then my sister got me two books that have expletives in the title, and I'm trying to. I don't know how to make it the podcast explicit, so I'll just say um, it's the, um, say Shoot, actually, (laughs) by Lindy West. Um, She's the one that wrote Shrill, and um, this is just, like, movie reviews. Like, she's going over movies, like, from the 90s, basically, of, like, beloved movies and just kind of going through it now with, like, the, with today's eye of, like, you know, misogyny and whatever just like calling out these movies for how problematic they are now and it's a lot of fun the title is a reference to love actually which she basically hates (laughs) talking about how awful it is um and it's really easy read the chapters are all pretty short she goes over maybe like 20 different books movies or something and but it's very conversational there's lots of exclamation points but they're not it's not like real like uh, real criticism I guess but it's more like if you were having a movie night with a friend and you guys just picked a movie apart as you watched it so she goes through and basically tells the entire plot of the book of the movie with like mentioning all the plot holes in it um so it's pretty funny and I've found myself thinking about it a number of times like quoting it to a couple people so I'd recommend that um you know s word actually <laughs> by Lindy West okay guys um so I had to take like a huge break because some, like Lucas had been on a walk with Starling and now, um, it's about six days later and I'm, um, he's again on a walk finally. So it's my time to be at home. So uh, now I can actually finish this episode, hopefully. Cause I also took a shower, which means I might miss, I might have missed my window. Um, it's crazy just how little time you have for yourself. <laughs> Lucas has been working full time and I'm working part time, but it's, you know, there's just that division of labor that's really not fair for women. So um not for everybody, but for me. <laughs> so I've been um kind of still the primary primary parent, um, even when we're both available. But anyway, he's on a walk now with darling. And you know what? I don't remember where I it was. It's been, and now it is the day after Christmas. It's the 26th. This is the first time I've been able to get to my computer in all that time. To update you on what I've done in the last few days, oh, I basically made that wreath that I was talking about um, out of roving that you single crochet around. But I kind of got um, paralyzed by the colors of the pom poms to go in them. And it was insane where like I couldn't make myself work on it every day. I mean, it should be there's like a few minutes you make roving around a wreath form and then about like four pom-poms, but like I couldn't find color combinations I liked. And then it was just, I couldn't make decisions. So it's just sitting in a pile now, day after Christmas. Um, so, oh, well, <laughs> I didn't finish that. Um, I did start the the Nutcracker ornaments and I finished the pear of the partridge in a pear tree. But again, I didn't finish it for Christmas, but hopefully in the next day or so I'll finish the partridge as well. And then I'm just gonna do that one for the year. And next year I do whatever, Turtle Dove. And as for uppers and downers, um, we just watched Wonder Woman nineteen eighty four, which came out streaming on HBO now, HBO Max on Christmas Day. And we were pretty excited. We we're like, this is what we're doing for Christmas. And we actually spent the whole day of Christmas at Lucas's mom's house. And so we, but we ended up not watching the movie there. So we came home and it was one of those things where we like decided to like put Starling to bed and then watch it, which is something we're not quite doing yet. And so I lost out on hours of sleep to watch Wonder Woman and it was kind of awful. I thought it was not good. That was very confusing and overly long. And just a bit of a disappointment, but I'm, I don't know. I was having trouble tracking what was happening. And I don't know if that's just my brain at the moment or if it was confusing. So that was Wonder Woman 1984. I would not recommend. I wanted to take a moment to thank listener Mary Beth, who's out of this world. 909. I can't remember. There's a number. Um, She sent she sent Starling some gifts before she was born, and they're so amazing. One is the Beloved bonnet by Tinkan Knits, and it's super cute, like garter stitch sections along, you know, the front. Garter stitch at the around the face of the bonnet and around the neck, and then um otherwise stocking it, like mitered edge. And it's in this cool I don't know what the yarn is, but it's like a speckled, like a cream with different speckles. And it was too big for her at first, but now that she's like almost four months, she wears it like every day. So she wears it all the time. And she also made um like took like a white um surplice, surplus, surplice, surplus, whatever, crossover white long sleeve shirt and then she did like a crocheted edging out of like a crochet crochet cotton, I think. Is that what they call the thread? the thread all the way around the border with the nice edging. And so she starling has been getting some wear out of that too, because we have had trouble finding long sleeve items and also some Bombas socks too. Um, so Mary Beth, thank you so much. It just really meant a lot to me to have somebody I've never met in person send something. And it really means a lot. And I want you to know that it's full on um, Starling's like go-to hat right now. So thank you. So that's, Basically, all I have knitting wise, crafting wise, um, if you actually care about birth stories, I'm gonna do, give you a fast, a quick one. Hopefully not, hopefully quickish. If you're not interested, um, thank you for coming back and listening after this long break. And I'll, can't guarantee I'll start any, be more regular, but maybe. Okay. So I was due August 31st and no, it was due August 30th. I went to the doctor August 31st, and they were saying I was already a little bit dilated. But then I ended up going into labor the next morning on the 1st, September 1st. And you know, they say like, oh, you won't miss it. Like you'll know when you're in labor, you'll know. But all I know is I felt kind of crummy during the night, like stomach wise. And then in the morning, I had something that felt like cramps. And then At 8.30 in the morning, I was like, oh, these are contractions. And by that point, they're already four minutes apart. So we decided just to go to the hospital because, yeah, it seemed to have progressed pretty quickly. Um, So I went to the hospital. And even at the time, I was, like, thinking I was going too early. Like, I had to walk myself in because um, of COVID. You can't, your partner can't come in with you until later. So I walked myself in, I got lost, I'm like asking people for directions. I'm just wandering around the hospital, you know, and every so often kind of stopping with a cramping. So I was like, maybe I'm not even going into labor. So I got to the right area of the hospital and, you know, I had to just sit in triage for hours where they kind of like monitored me, but I think they were just really busy. And so kind of nobody was checking on me and I was just like texting with my knitting friends and with Lucas and Lucas had to sit in the car in the parking garage for three hours um, before they finally admitted me. It was one of those things where they didn't check me at all and then they checked and they're like, oh, you're six centimeters dilated. I guess we can give you a room. And then they had to give me a COVID test and we had to wait till my COVID test came back before Lucas could come in. So by the time he finally gets there, I'm you know, pretty, I'm pretty far gone. And I said I wanted to do natural birth, but they were, they basically told me, or the nurse told me if I wanted an epidural, I had to choose decide now because the whatever nurse anesthetist, is that maybe that's what they're called, was going to go into a C-section. So she wouldn't be available for 90 minutes. So if I, I could either do the epidural now or maybe miss my window. And I decided to pass on it. But then, of course, you know, half an hour later, I'm like, I made the biggest mistake of my life. And yeah, so we ended up getting there. Lucas came in. By that point, I was like not really wanting him to touch me at all. But it went really fast. And one of those things, too, where the doctors really weren't checking on me. I finally had to call somebody because I didn't know what to do i was like do i bear i'm not bearing down but i'm not tensing like i didn't know what to do and then they were like when's the last time somebody checked you and it's like hours ago (laughs) hours ago and then they checked me and i was like fully dilated and then they like snapped into action where they're like hey it looks like you're having a baby and it went really quickly um so i'm feel very fortunate i don't know how long i was actually pushing but any case you know, I got to the hospital like ten thirty, ten, and then um I had baby was born by four thirty. So that was sweet. Um everything went really great. She was pretty small, like six pounds, three ounces. Um, which is maybe why it went quickly. Oh, and she didn't the water never broke. They had to like so she could have been delivered what do they call it, in call, like in the set sa- in the sack. <laughs> but I think they broke it right before. Any case. So six pounds, three ounces. We spent the night in the hospital and then they just let you go. Um, But right before we they let us go, they did that like tongue tie. They like clipped the little frenulum because um, we thought she might have a tongue tie. And then they sent us home. And then that night she was just like not feeding anymore and freaking out. And so we like tried to go the we tried to go back, but they wouldn't let us back in. And then they tried to send us to the emergency room. And then the emergency room said. You could come in, but we're just going to send you to a different hospital, so then we just went home <laughs> and then the next morning, um she was just kind of a little lethargic, maybe I mean, I don't know, Lucas noticed, and I didn't even realize so in any case, we had to call the we called the paramedics the paramedics were like, "Eh, not sure, but you could go to the emergency room if you want." So we went to the emergency room and then we spent 4 days at the hospital with her because her blood sugar, her glucose levels were too low and they she couldn't regulate them. But first because you go there and you have a newborn, you have a 2-day old, they are worried she has an infection, so they do all these tests. Uh um, they they even did like a spinal block on her. Um and it was terrible. Um lumbar puncture, I guess you call it. So anyway, she was it was so awful. She was in the hospital all that time even though we did really like the nurses there at um the UCLA hospitals and they like um really helped us teach us about um everything <laughs> diapering, swaddling and everything. I, I did kind of get knocked off track with the nursing and I don't know if I would have had the problem if we hadn't gone to the hospital, but it turned into a whole thing where for like the first six weeks, I had to um, nurse and pump and give formula. And it was just so frustrating. You never really knowing what to do. And it's like, you know, it's like after you have a baby, everybody is like, oh, yeah, breastfeeding is the worst. <laughs> not the worst, but it's just like an extremely hard process. And they, people, I guess I'd heard that before, but like so not intuitive. And it's very frustrating um so in any case it took a long time and multiple um lactation consultants but now i'm just now i'm breastfeeding of course now she won't take a bottle and she's like totally plumped up she, she's huge now <laughs> um she's almost four months and she's actually i don't know how much she weighs but she's really big and now i'm worried i overfeed her <laughs> But she's doing great. Um, we're really getting we're finally getting into like a rhythm, but I'm trying not to read too many different mom things because then I get upset because she's definitely not sleeping through sleeping long chunks at night. I'm up multiple times at night with her. But she seems healthy, so I'm not gonna worry about it. I think it's more of a problem for me in terms of me getting sleep. Because I would love to have a little bit more time, like during the day. She's not a great napper. She's hard to like bounce down into naps and of course they say not to rock a baby into a nap but forget it But yeah and then the name we took us forever like we had no idea we're in the hospital after she was born just going through our lists and starling which hadn't been which was on a list but it wasn't very high up and just all of a sudden kind of just came a dark horse where we're like what about starling and we're kind of amazed even now that we went for kind of a it's not a wacky name, it's an actual name. But that we went a little off of the, I don't know, off, off book on that one. Um, so we did give her a middle name of Elizabeth because we thought we should give her something a little bit more normal. We were almost like S- Starling Opal. <laughs> and then we're like, well, let's go with a middle name that's like normal. So she could have a, use that later if she wants to. And so I'll admit that the reason that the Starling was on the list was because of Silence of the Lambs. <laughs> of Clarice Starling is Jodie Foster's character. So that's why it's on the list. Um, but Lucas is also very into um, science and space stuff, you know, like and Star Wars and Star Trek. And so we kind of like this idea, almost like Starling, like <laughs> almost feels like naming a baby moon child. It's amazing how many items we had previously bought that already had stars and constellations on them. I guess it's a common baby theme maybe. But it seems like we planned it, but we really didn't. We just have a lot of star things. Starling, but then also there's the bird, Starling. And actually Lucas no like his dad's um publisher, you know, in the 90s or something is named Starling. It's a like a male family name. So there's just a lot of different reasons that we liked it and we went for it. But it's crazy because they were at the hospital. They like kept calling the room to just be like, do you have the name yet? Like you, we we are leaving here at 2.30. So we need the name by then. Or if you leave, you're going to have to go and change it legally at City Hall. So we like the very last minute (laughs) we decided on the name. But we're pretty happy with with it now. No regrets. I mean, I think a child will just grow into their name once you give it to them. So, um, maybe that's all I've got in terms of baby stuff. Um, she just rolled over the other day from stomach to back. And, oh, we got a nanny three times a week. I forgot if I already said that. Um, cause I went back to work even though I'm just working at home and it's a bit of a drag Well, it's scary because of COVID having somebody in the house, and I really wanted to be able to do it on my own, and I don't always love my job right now, so it's like, part of me is like, why should we pay somebody the same, like, same amount of money that I make? Um, But I do want to keep my job in the long run, so I'm sticking it out, and those days when she's here are easier days. I'll say that. Like, it is easier for my job, it's easier to be at work than to be taking care of a child. partly be- I'm imagining because of all the jazz exercise I did when Starling was born, she needs so much rocking um she needs to be bounced like hard to be soothed and to go to sleep, and we're old um Lucas and I are like at least ten years older than people had had kids or you know used to have kids at um and so like our backs and our arms <laughs> are all weak, and it's a lot, but it's been great so far. I still really can't believe, I don't really feel like a mom, and I don't, we often just look at each other to be like, this is our daughter, this is like a little human being, it's not a doll, it's like a human person. (laughs) And she's getting along with Paquito, uh, my cat, and by getting along, they like kind of just, they will go close to each other, but they don't acknowledge each other, like they never look at each other, or anything, it's really weird, but... Seems to be working for them. Yeah, that's probably it. It's amazing how quickly they outgrow this clothes. Even like knit stuff where I'm like, oh, did she wear that at all that I made for her? <laughs> it's uh it's hard. It's like strangely emotional, like them not getting not having time in their clothes or them outgrowing their clothes is like really sad. <laughs> and I'm holding on to it as if we're maybe gonna have another kid, but like again, like I just said, we're really old. Not really old, but we're older. So it seems unlikely, but you never know. You never know. So I think that's it. Um, I might not have edited this episode that well because I don't have that much time. And so you realize how many ums that I say on a regular basis, which is a lot. And you you should be glad that I usually edit them pretty heavily. Even though I wonder if you guys get those little dropouts, like when I do cut out like the zillion ums that I say, um, if you're constantly hearing those little dropouts of sound, which I hear on some devices on other podcasts, not on others. Don't know. Anyway, so thank you guys for listening. I'll try to pop in, you know, in the next month and see where I'm at. Hopefully I'll get a little bit more knitting done. And um, you can find me on Ravelry if you are able to go to Ravelry? You can find me there as no dice and you can find me on Instagram as no dice 11. I did change my account to private on Instagram just because of Starling. But, um, you know, if it's clear to me that you're like a knitting person, then I'll, I'll like accept whatever, accept you, um, we can become friends on Instagram and you can see baby pictures. I meant to post something in it. Ravelry, and I guess I didn't. I'm not sure. I have updated a few things, projects of hers with her pictures in my Ravelry page. And then you can find the show notes at skeinenable.com. I will talk to you guys hopefully soon. Have a wonderful rest of the year. Congratulations the 2020 is over. Granted, um, COVID doesn't know that the year is changing in four days. Um I hope you had a great holiday season whatever you celebrate and thank you guys for being being here all right bye